Hey there, all you groovy souls and seekers of connection. It's your band leader, Horace Morris, and I'm here to remind you of something truly wonderful on this Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. Life can be a wild ride, and it's the people we journey with that make it truly special. Friends, they're like the refreshing breeze on a hot summer's day, rejuvenating the soul and reminding us that we're not alone in this grand adventure. Today, as we come together to unwind and celebrate the beauty of companionship, let's cherish the friendships that light up our lives. Because in this sanctuary of soundness, we're all about embracing the rhythm of human connection and the magic it brings. And now, let's pass the torch to the luminary, the guardian of soundness, the groovy chick who keeps the vibe alive, the incredible, the absolutely remarkable, Ms. Audrey Merkel. Thank you, Horace, and thank you for joining us here at the Merkel Treehouse, my friends. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. We've got Chapter 7 of Pinto Pete's Block Size War up next, but before we dive into that, Vinny the sales guy is in the studio with an update on award-winning journalist and presidential candidate Morton Anger. Vinny, how's Morton doing? Audrey, I gotta be honest with you. Morton's down in the dumps. I've never seen the man this way, and it's breaking my heart. This is a guy who once saved my life, who stood up for what he believed in, and now he's just, he's not himself. He gave me a letter to read to the audience, and it's not an easy one, but I think it's important that everyone knows what's going on. So here it is. Dear loyal listeners and supporters, I hope this message finds you well. I wanted to personally reach out to let you know that I'm taking a temporary hiatus from the campaign trail and the relentless hustle and bustle of daily life. This decision wasn't made lightly, but it's something I feel is necessary to clear my head and address some personal matters that have been weighing on me. Please rest assured, the campaign for the presidency is not over. It's only momentarily suspended. I am as committed as ever to our shared mission of restoring true capitalism, removing the shackles of the Federal Reserve, and reshaping a world driven by authentic principles of liberty and justice. During this brief interlude, I will continue to report on the events of our time and stay engaged with the important issues that impact us all. I believe that sometimes, to be a better leader, one must take a step back to reflect and rejuvenate. I want to express my deep appreciation for your unwavering support. Together, we will persevere, and we will make our voices heard even louder when I return to the campaign trail. I hope you'll understand and forgive me. I may be down, but I'm not out. I believe in the power of this movement, and I believe in all of you. Keep pushing for the change we need, and one day I hope to stand by your side once more. Thank you, take care, and God bless America. What a great man. I can't stand to see him like this. Vinny, I've known Morton for quite some time, and he's a resilient individual. I'm confident that once he gets through this challenge, he'll come back even stronger. Thanks for the update, Vinny. Now, without further ado, my dear audience, let's dive into Chapter 7 of Pinto Pete's Block Size War.
Chapter 7 The Dow Hack In the next phase of the block size war, the battleground shifted away from direct confrontation. The world of alternative cryptocurrencies had witnessed significant growth during this crisis as their advocates sought to raise funds through coin offerings and capitalize on the increasing coin values. This development left the larger blockers deeply frustrated as they perceived it as Bitcoin losing its competitive edge in the market. Congratulations, small blockers. This is a direct result of Bitcoin not scaling quickly enough. Much more of the ecosystem is about to follow. Coinbase adds support for Ethereum. Roger Veer, Reddit post, July 22, 2016. In the midst of the larger block camp's growing frustration, the siren call of alternative cryptocurrencies beckoned. The protracted battle over Bitcoin's block size had exacted a toll leading some to ponder a shift in focus toward these digital alternatives. This development carried significant implications, providing a lifeline to the small blockers. Without this release valve, these steadfast large blockers might have remained embroiled in the block size war, potentially amassing an insurmountable force. These alternative cryptocurrencies frequently emphasized Bitcoin's widely publicized scalability hurdles proudly touting their newfound solutions. However, the small blockers remained unfazed by these claims. Their vision extended far beyond mere transaction speeds, as they aimed for a transformation of the very concept of money itself. In this quest, altcoins boasting 40,000 transactions per second appeared to them as a tangential diversion. Well, my friends, where I hail from, we don't mince words. We call them just what they are, shit coins. And let me tell you, a good number of those coins are full of hot air, pure hogwash. But if you want to talk about the granddaddy of them all, it's none other than Ethereum. Back then, it was only about a year old, and those Ethereum enthusiasts had some mighty big ideas. They were jawing about the flippin' of Bitcoin, claiming that Ethereum would reign supreme. Well, we all like a good dream, but this one, it was floating in the clouds, not grounded in reality. Now, them Ethereans, they had a way of playing fast and loose with their Ethereum network. Seemed like they couldn't be bothered to do a bit of testing before they rolled out changes, and that left millions of dollars dangling in the wind at times. And then, to add to the mix, some of these so-called geniuses thought it was a swell idea to birth something they fancied as a decentralized autonomous organization, or a DAO for short. Now, you might think a DAO is some fancy tech talk, but it turned out to be more trouble than a hornet's nest on a summer day. The DAO emerged as a groundbreaking smart contract within the Ethereum ecosystem. This innovative entity operated as a self-proclaimed autonomous investment fund, setting itself apart from traditional, hierarchically managed investment funds. Unlike its conventional counterparts, the DAO's investment decisions hinged on the collective voting power of its users, and its governance relied on the code embedded in its smart contract, rather than the conventions of legal systems. I think the DAO is getting drained right now. Unfortunately, I am on a train to work, so cannot investigate, but looks like recursive call exploit of some kind. Ledger Watch, Reddit Post, June 17, 2016. However, 
the Tao was built upon a foundation riddled with fundamental flaws. On that fateful day, June 17, 2016, a cunning hacker unearthed an exploit buried deep within the code. This vulnerability granted them unauthorized access, effectively draining around 4 million Ether from the Dow contract. This staggering heist amounted to roughly $150 million in losses, sending shockwaves through the cryptocurrency world. So this here hack kicked off what folks call the Dow Wars. They aimed to get back the stolen Ethereum, but things looked bleak. So they decided to change the Ethereum system to recover the funds, and that caused quite a ruckus because it felt like a bailout. The only way they saw fit to get them funds back was a hard fork, and that set the stage for a real showdown. Ethereum, often heralded as a code is law network, initially stood as a symbol of unwavering trust in the sanctity of its code. Numerous contracts had fallen prey to malicious exploits in the past, and the notion of forking the blockchain to recover lost funds seemed anathema. However, in the case of the Dow, peculiar forces came into play. It was as if this smart contract had grown too big to fail. Some speculate that influential developers and prominent members of the Ethereum community who held sway over the protocol and had made significant investments in the DAO, saw a perilous situation unraveling. Their concerns seemed to mirror the very issues they sought to escape within the traditional financial system, a sense of corruption and self-interest, eroding the principles of decentralization and trust. Well, now you might be wondering, Pinto, why in tarnation are you talking about Ethereum in the middle of the block size war? Well, partner, it's a twist of fate. Right when the Bitcoin tussle was heating up, Ethereum had its own showdown brewing. This little distraction actually gave the Bitcoin battle a pause as folks turned their attention to Ethereum and the lessons it might offer through its own hard fork. So the block size war, for a spell, took a back seat while all eyes were on Ethereum. We would like to congratulate the Ethereum community on a successfully completed hard fork. The fork itself took place smoothly, with roughly 85% of miners mining on the fork. The recovery contract is already returning DAO token holders Ether. About 4.5 million ETH has been sent to DAO token holders. Vitalik Buterin, Ethereum.org blog post, July 20th, 2016. After the hard fork, there didn't appear to be any chain split. The upgraded chain thrived while the original one started to lag. However, the original chain didn't stay down for long. As time passed, it gained momentum and eventually took on the name Ethereum Classic. Exchanges swiftly listed it, and its price soared. More miners joined the network to chase the lucrative rewards. This episode revealed that a contentious split wasn't just about technical matters, but also about the dynamics of financial markets drawing speculators and traders into the fray. Now you see there's a mighty interest in twist here. When Ethereum was dealing with its own hard fork, they made doggone sure it wouldn't end up in a wild tangle. See, they set it up so that there was a clean break, a checkpoint, making sure both sides of the split would stay put no matter which chain had more work. Some folks call this wipeout protection, but old Bitcoin Classic, well, they didn't reckon on including that in their plans. And when Ethereum had it, well, it made them look kind of green behind the ears if you catch my drift. On July 21, 2016, Coinbase listed Ethereum on the exchange. At that time, Coinbase was a strong supporter of Bitcoin Classic, and its CEO, 
Brian Armstrong, held the belief that Ethereum's hard fork would proceed without a hitch, avoiding a split. Coinbase's actions, or lack thereof, in safeguarding customer funds in the event of this assumption proving incorrect, left them vulnerable to what is known as a replay attack. In the days following the Ethereum split, when users withdrew Ethereum from Coinbase, there existed the possibility that Coinbase, unwittingly, sent two versions of the same transaction, one on Ethereum and one on Ethereum Classic. Crafty traders seized the opportunity presented by Coinbase's oversight. They meticulously separated their coins into both Ethereum and Ethereum Classic, then deposited the Ethereum into Coinbase and proceeded to withdraw it without conducting any trading. The hope was that the transaction would be replayed, effectively granting them Ethereum Classic without charge. Coinbase eventually became aware of this loophole, introduced some form of replay protection, and made amends for the losses using their own resources. Well, folks, there was another gathering in the works for our Bitcoin miners at the end of July 2016, and it happened right there in California. The miners had some serious concerns and they wanted to powwow with developers once again. Because of this split in Ethereum, it sets a precedent for Bitcoin for the possible future of hard forks. For Bitcoin, a hard fork there can only be two options. One side must accept multiple chains, multiple attacks from multiple vectors, or we just stay on the main chain and try to kill the forks and the minority chains. There can only be two possibilities. Many of the Hong Kong agreement signers spent a week in New York. We did a lot of design work. We talked about how to properly construct a hard fork. We talked about how we would do this in a way where we would not have the same risks that Ethereum has recently experienced. I wanted to point out that hard forks are very disruptive to markets. They are disruptive to merchants, to markets, to entire ecosystems. We have to take this into account. Unless there is an overwhelmingly strongly justified reason to do a hard fork, then the costs outweigh the benefits. We have been looking at ways to solve these problems in Bitcoin without having a hard fork. I think I need to clarify this. Segwit block also comes from the idea that the Hong Kong agreement would not be respected. It's a very bad spiral that we have got into. In terms of bad communication, maybe both parties don't want to do something under pressure. Maybe both parties don't want to be threatening. The Ethereum split, well, it was a game changer in our block size war. It shifted the balance, giving those small blockers the upper hand. You see, before this whole Ethereum ordeal, miners were eager to make some moves, but now it seems like their tune had changed. Bitcoin Classic? Well, it didn't seem like it was going to get the nod anytime soon. Ironically, while it may be an uncomfortable truth for most small blockers to acknowledge, Ethereum potentially played a role in rescuing Bitcoin. Nevertheless, the war was still far from its conclusion. Most people have short memories, and the valuable lessons learned from Ethereum's experience would slowly recede into the background. There was quite a bit of shitcoin talk in that chapter. It feels like I need to take a shower now.
Join us again next Wednesday for Chapter 8 of Pinto Pete's Block Size War. Trust me, you won't want to miss it. In fact, join us every Sunday and Wednesday for the absolute best in Bitcoin mindshare. In the meantime, keep your money hard, your heart soft, and have a little fun sometimes. Put a pretty pink bow on this one, boys. Hey folks, Sammy Nash here. I know you're busy stacking that sweet, sweet corn, but could you please take a moment and spread the word about the Merkle Treehouse? Follow us, like us, and share us wherever you possibly can. Thank you. Thank you.